0: Dreamwave Wrestling is the number one wrestling promotion in the Midwest. Only the best wrestlers come here to compete. And in my mind, I am the best of the best. And nobody is better. Fans of Dreamwave Wrestling, the LaSalle Faithful, as the company likes to call them. You know, I don't care about the fans, I don't do this for them, I do it for myself. And I don't want to be your friend on Facebook. I don't want to know you. I'm here in Dreamwave Wrestling to win. To win championships. The Dreamwave Wrestling Alternative Championship. The only original Hassel Wrestling title still in existence. You see, there is a lot of history behind that belt. A lot of good athletes have held it. But finally, after months of being robbed, On February 4th at Season Prepared, I'm going to get what I deserve. And that's a one-on-one match against the Alternative Champion, Mr. 450. And after February 4th, I guarantee that there will be prestige brought back to the Alternative Championship.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast. On this episode, for the first time, we have all three members of Two Heels and a Face. We have both heels and then yours truly, The Face. Um, I say that because the first episode we did and when we started this podcast, it was myself, Charlie, my friend Jim, and also my other friend Matt, Matt Reed. Uh, Matt Reed has moved on to other things and other interests in his life, and he's pursuing a career in app development and comedic stand-up, and to replace him, we have brought in our Lucha consultant, who you've heard on the podcast before, to be a full-time podcaster with us, and he is now, he now completes the trio and is the third member, and his name is Chris Romero. So it's Jim, myself, and Chris sitting down with a very special guest, a former indie wrestler. He is Martin Acevedo, also known in the ring as Ace Martino Wrestling Perfection, and he wrestled for... I want to say a handful of years, maybe five or so. Has a lot of good experience and insight to some uh, legends that he's wrestled, and just how the business works. And is a uh, really smart booking wise, just really smart individual overall. So Jim actually works with Martine. They are gym teachers uh, in the Chicagoland area, and Jim and Martine are very good friends. So Martine sat down with us to have a conversation. This was right before WWE Fastlane, um, and we talked about really just wrestling and what Martine likes and what drew him in. So really good conversation, a lot of good insight, and kind of how the indie scene works and um, how he trained and how he was brought up to be a wrestler. So I think you'll enjoy the conversation, and we'll catch you at the end. Bye. Hello everyone. How are we doing today? Not too bad. Not good, not too bad. Not How's it going? <laughs> it's going. We have with us uh, Mr. Ace Martino. Ace, how are you doing?
0: Hello, sir. I am doing quite well today.
1: <laughs> it's very proper, very properly spoken of you. Uh, Ace, tell us a little bit about yourself. your in your own introduction. How you want to be introduced, and then tell us what you uh, what do you enjoy about wrestling. What do you like taking from the said buffet table?
0: Uh, lifelong wrestling fan. Uh, my real name is Martine, but as he just, Charlie just introduced me, mm-hmm. uh, Ace, Ace Martino. I tried to be a wrestler for a little while, and then I got married and had to grow up. So, <laughs> you know, $20 paydays and hot dogs wrapped in bacon from Gali Lucha Libre are not going to pay the bills, people. <laughs> so now I have a real job. I have real money. I have real love. I have a real life and That's great. a little girl to take care of. So, But I'm going to give everybody my perspective today of yes. what I like about wrestling.
1: What is that? Just in general, growing up, what got you into it first? And then what kind of made you say, like it enough to try to want to do it? What are those aspects, those things?
0: Well, Hulk Hogan. Okay. Definitely as a kid, I know that's, I'm older than you guys. I know I probably shouldn't say that because I (laughs) got to work my gimmick as still being young. But Hulk Hogan, just larger than life characters, big personalities. Yep. You know, the, the physicalness, the combat, and then I... As in high school. I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be a wrestler. Okay. but You know, I had to get an education first, so I graduated, got a job, and luckily, I just Googled, and in New Lenox, there was a wrestling school, and I got trained, and a year later, I was in the ring. Are trying you originally to... from New Lenox? No, I grew up in Bradley Bourbonnet. Okay. Okay. So when I got a job in Frankfurt, which is near New Lenox, uh, sh- southwest suburbs of Chicago for... People yeah. out there in podcast world who do not know the, you know, Illinois area.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I got trained there. I tried to be a wrestler at different places. He started with Elite Pro. Those are the guys who trained me. Worked CSW. I worked a lot of Dreamway for a while. That was like my home promotion out in LaSalle. They were very RIP.
1: good. RIP. RIP. They're no longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They
0: went under. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, well, they, they, he just quit running shows. Now, oh, a, okay. Okay. now AAW, the best local, or not yeah. local. Mm-hmm.
2: Kind of local. well, Chicago-based,
0: Chicago-based promotion, Chicago, in my opinion, right. and we we'll, well, i am sure we'll talk about more about that. Mm-hmm. But now they, you know, have a stranglehold in Lasalle because there is a lot of great wrestling fans in Lasalle. A lot of action still going on. But back to me, that promotion was very good to me. Yeah, Alter- um, they gave me a belt. They thought I was good enough to wear one of their belts. I worked with Alternative Championship. That was like their version of um, the IC belt.
1: Workhorse
2: title. Like the like what like when the Heritage Championship at eight. Yeah, you would that. compare
0: it to mm-hmm. that. But they I, I got stink faced by Rakishi, I got thrown out of the ring by I Scott Steiner. Hexall Jim Duggan told me, Slow down, kid Just <laughs> stuff like that, you know. That's the whole reason I wanted to be in wrestling, It's just stuff right. like that. But then it got to a point where what, what else am I going to do with this? As my trainers would tell me, like, what are you yeah. going to do? Why are you doing this? $20, like I said at the beginning, $20 payday. I'm not going to make it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like these, that's what I don't think people understand. And that's why I'm glad I'm talking mm-hmm. today because, like I told you guys before the show. They get to shed the light. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work. People don't realize how much sacrifice these guys have to make to when, entertain us. So
2: When you said that you got trained and then a year later you were in the ring, is that because training takes a year or it took you a year to get trained and then like um build a name to get into a ring
0: our school elite pro dojo which is no longer in existence Vito and sal tomaselli the iron saints of iwa mid south fame were my trainers and they trained um out of the Dojo in California. That was like a New Japan Dojo, and that was like their thing. Mm -hmm. You had to pay your dues. You set up the ring. You trained for no matter what. You trained for a year, unless you were huge, six foot seven. I'm sure they would have thrown you in a match. But yeah, it wasn't that I sucked or I'm unathletic. Jim, is that what you're trying to say? (laughs) I'm Ace smart I well, I still always will be Ace Martino. Wrestling (laughs) perfection. I'm
2: saying this. I guess from like you said, you googled it, and then a year later you were in the ring from like an average person's perspective who there's me who is right, well, who has thought the same thought at a time like dude I wonder if I could do it and then you think to yourself like I can't do it but maybe I could I'm sure that has come across many people's minds so that's why I'm saying like you trained for a year was it like are we, are we talking like your training sessions? Like, tell me about the training process, because as a person, you just think some oh someone could teach you that they know how to fall, they learn that stuff. That's easy. Like, what what is training? Like, I know if you watch like um, any enough, of the NXT or, stuff or Tough Enough or, or any of that yeah, 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 any of that stuff where they show you inside the performance center. Obviously, that's WWE prepping them the WWE way. I kind of want to know like. What's Where tra- do you start tra- from training? Yeah, yeah. 101. yeah. 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 what's 101?
0: Yeah. Learning the rolls and then learning how to take the bumps, okay. like a flat back bump, the Beal bump, just different bumps like that that you'd have to take. Uh, running the ropes, turn you know all the stuff that like you, we Casey. see that like Finn Balor and all those guys do with no problem. Mm-hmm. But you know we all right. I'm at. I played football. You go in there and try to do. It. That's why even like a lot of these NFL guys that go in there. They think they are Yeah, they playing. think they can do it, but. Right. It's hard, and taking forearms and
3: part for you, like going in, like I don't know. Just flip first quarter, like what? What is that? Like you're trying to do what, and you can't, or
0: probably that flip bump, because I hate heights and I hate flipping and just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> flipping over. I was sucked because I almost, you know, back body drops are really scary. AJ Styles makes it look great, but yeah. it it, awesome. it it
1: sucks. Yeah. Were you doing, uh would you have to do backflips on trampolines to get used to that? Or do you just kind of let them take you and you...
0: Well, no, no, there's no, we didn't have any trampolines. Or like, foam I know... pits or something? Like no, that, no like foam that? pits, but...
3: Like, I imagine there's, like, some warehouse and a ring and that's it.
0: That's pretty much what it was, <laughs> like, a storage unit. Literally, <laughs> yeah. that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Dirty, stinky, store. you know, storage unit with a, a ring in it. And it wasn't even, like, a real wrestling. It was, like, it felt like cement. When the we were bumping hit? on it, or it was a ring because it was meant to be a boxing, boxing ring, ring that they turned into a wrestling ring. So we never wanted to practice on it too much, but oh. we had to.
1: I have a, I have a my wrestling goal of just running the ropes like successfully once. Yeah. that's like my five year goal. But I have to, <laughs> like, I have to first somehow find a ring. I can. Well, even it. like
0: day one, I go in there, I touch you, touch the ring, and you touch the ropes. So it is it, cool. We're fans, okay. and you know we want to try to mm-hmm. do it. So yeah.
1: Tell me about twenty dollars paydays. So is that just, is that just some um, I don't know, like like opening show match stuff, or were you were you making paydays like that even when you were like higher up the card, or give yeah. me give me a sense of the pay structure of like a Dreamway show, like the Dreamway's biggest. The show
0: most biggest I show made now. was thirty dollars, and I only asked for more money after like two years of two or three years being there. After they gave me the belt and stuff, and it's like, well, well, we'll give you thirty dollars. Like, well, I guess. That's enough to pay for my gas, but <laughs> it's not paying for my gear,
1: right?
0: You know, boots and to look for like a professional wrestler, and then gym membership and protein powder and all that other stuff that go and tanning. Tanning is very important, <laughs> <laughs> and shaving your legs and stuff. But seriously, yeah, it's.
1: So what were so what were, um, what were guys making that would come in that were popular? Or do you know or would they- I really yeah. don't. I can okay. just like
0: guesstimate from like like bringing name guys like. Right. You know, they're paying for their flight and their hotel and their food. so like it, when they
2: would bring in Rikishi. Right, yeah. They're going to pay him. Is, is Rikishi coming to Chicago to make like a grand? Are they giving him a thousand bucks?
0: No, nah, he's probably getting like five, six hundred. I'm all only right. like guessing. I don't know if exactly the books on right. that. but I, I bet we could try to book him for a birthday party or something. Those dudes are always <laughs> looking for a work. Working a free meal. Stink
2: face my mom and my birthday.
0: No, you don't want to take a stink face.
1: No. No. What did that feel like?
0: Well, I try to, like, back <laughs> up a little bit, but that's probably what made it worse as my head went back into the right, bottom Right, because you have to go buckle.
1: sideways, right?
0: Yeah. If you
2: go up, then you're fucked.
3: You yeah, know, I was like... going to, you know, I don't want to <laughs> eat
0: his ass, so.
2: <laughs> so, all right, so being in, so you train, you get built up, you kind of have an insight of, a better insight of what goes on actually during a match. With that being said, what was your how did your viewpoint on wrestling before you started wrestling and after you started wrestling change? What was the biggest thing like when you're a fan watching at home, then you did it, now you watch it, what changed
0: the most? Well, now I'm watching to study. Why is he doing that? like why are they're doing things for a reason? There's no wasted movement in the ring.
3: Well, that's okay. what you want to assume, right? Like this there's, there's certain matches that you know obviously no knowledge or no background into it but like you sometimes question like that just does not make sense like that's what you assume you want to you think that every move you know it's it's well thought out or or you know whatever they're doing in the ring um but yeah like some stuff just like it makes you
2: wonder like why yeah like what was the reason for that right yeah and he would probably shed more light on that like what yeah, I'll let you talk on this. Yeah, ahead.
1: wait, hold on. Before you start, because that's the that's like the main question I wanted to ask you, because you do you have put on an actual match for fans, and the thing that interests me the most is kind of what you're asking. But can you take me through just like the choreography of a match and how like what you talk about like before you both go out there, and then um, like I kind of picture it as maybe like you talk about like three or four big spots, and then the rest of it is filler. Like, that's how a match is structured. But can you tell me how, how a match is structured or how you used to do it? Or
0: All guys are different. Some guys are go, it's like choreographed from the beginning, Get go lock up, we're going to do this, I'm going to say this, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go there. That was just way too confusing to me. Right. Because typically, like, the booker would tell you, okay, here's your finish, and then you guys may have well hit this spot. Because everybody kind of has their own certain moves that they do. Exactly. And I always like just to walk and talk as far as, you know, actually wrestle in the ring. Because that's what's kind of missing. And I think, too, nowadays, with TV and how athletic guys are and doing things, that it probably does need to be choreographed more to know, like, I'm going to dive here. So you need to make sure you catch me and I don't die or anything. So, But, like, back in the day, like, when I would talk to these guys, like, when Paul Orndorff or Terry Funk would come, like, what did you guys do? We would just go out there and wrestle, and nobody really does that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like walk and talk style. That's what style. they. That's the advice they would giving. Yeah, them. I would. Well, I would ask them like, <laughs> if yeah. I was, should I be doing choreography? Like, no, just go work. And that's what's kind of lost, and that's kind of one of the reasons I stopped wrestling is because everyone out there now is trying to make it, and there's no like no guys out there to really teach anybody. Okay. The business and how to work matches. So everybody's different. So like you're saying, you know, mm-hmm. everything's. A to B. And I've always heard, like, Macho Man was very particular about his matches. Mm -hmm. Like, that, the famous match with Steamboat. Everything was planned up. Like, every single move. Or some guys just go out there and just wrestle.
1: So, so if you were working with a guy who wanted to do more planning, then the show went out at 7, so you would plan... Like, you would probably have to reach out to him and... Be there at like three to go over stuff beforehand, right? It was a kind of like that. You so you'd have to spend time in the ring beforehand with that guy.
0: Sometimes it all okay. depends. Like a local, I worked a lot locally here, so a lot of these guys I knew where I wrestled a lot. So we just talk about things real quick. Or someone, I'm very easygoing. So whatever anybody guy wanted to do, as long as I wasn't gonna die in the match, I was pretty. And it, well, as long as it would make sense, right? As far as you know, ring psychology mm-hmm. of you know, because all of a sudden if I'm getting beat down as the babyface, I just went and pop right up and. Hit a move.
1: Yeah. Right. That's cool. So,
3: what was the finisher of Ace Martino Wrestling Perfection?
0: Uh, Koji Clutch. Oh,
1: that's
2: cool.
3: Like the submission now, move. Right? Sami
0: Zayn has done it. Oh, uh, yes, yes. CM so like, Punk.
2: Did you say, did you do a brain buster into it? Or didn't you do something into, the the flat liner
0: the flat liner into some it? The flatliner. The flatliner. Into it. Nice. Mustafa Ali gave me that Real finisher line at Dreamwave, yeah. Or the Koji Clutch. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. He saw it and he's like, hey, do this. I was like, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: then it just caught on yeah
0: that's just what I stuck with
1: nice that's cool so uh, I have a question if no one else has one Um, so my I'm gonna gonna talk candidly here like I always do Uh, my first impression of you was a very soft-spoken individual both for the most for the most part and someone who thinks before they say that's the impression I get from you Um, and I think that I've I've told Jim that, and Jim's like yeah that's that's pretty much true on the point Um, so someone who's a leader but your gimmick in the ring is not like that, at least from what I've seen. You're very loudmouthy <laughs> and very – because you were, you were a heel, correct? Yes. So um, talk to me about how you created that, how you created Ace Martino Wrestling Perfection, and then also how you flipped that switch.
0: That, the, like everybody, like stunkle, this is me with the – you know, Val- turned, it, up it, it, yeah. turned up to 11. volume turned up to 11. I think even Cena said it the other day or whatever. Yeah, he said that- it to,
2: start, he said it to uh, Miz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. That's basically, that's me. Like, okay. I am soft-spoken, but I do have a confidence about myself. Right, that, I agree. That, you know, I can get shit done, whether it's at work or with family, whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's what, Ace, you know, Wrestling Perfection, Ace Martino, that's what I was. Or I still am in a way, but... I'm not gonna go cutting promos on people.
1: <laughs> so, so, so I'll, I'll,
0: can, I'll go. No, never mind. I don't want to say that on the air. Um, so might get back. No, no never mind. not
2: that it gets back, but essentially due to the fact that I work with the gentleman without spe- specifying details as to what we do or where we work, I can vouch for that. I, um, <laughs> there'll be times when you can tell. Uh, it was tough because we missed him because he was on his maternity or. Paternity leave for a long time there, but last year when we were working the whole year together, he would be cutting promos and well,
0: how many wrestling references did I get the other other day? day, (laughs) The other
2: day, this is a great story. I I noticed this sidetracks from the main question. (laughs) No, no. But but at work, where he's you know doing his thing, and he makes a reference, a wrestling reference, and he looks over me, smiles, and I laughed cuz it was a good one. And then he throws, you know, two sentences in, then he makes another one. And none of none of the <laughs> kids are picking up on anything of what's going down. So I'm starting to count. So he goes again, and again, and he's going he's te- and he's doing it and he's throwing references in. And I walk up to him at then I'm like, "Yo, I counted. You did 24
1: 20, <laughs> 24
2: references within a 13-minute span." And you can he's not lying. Like he is. That is his personality, and even when, even when we're at work, he, you know because he's like my mentor there too. He's like you know it's all show. Like when when they come in, if you want to be good at our job, you have to keep them engaged and entertained so that they're following and doing what you need them to do, and you're making it fun. And so he will always be like, you gotta work the show. Like you gotta make it good. You gotta. It's a show. It's always
0: a show. Well, life's the work. That's even yeah. Anybody, no matter what type of job you do, you got to show up, you got to put the suit or whatever yeah, you're exactly. doing manual labor, teaching, mailman. Yeah. You go up, you, you know, you show up, you be professional. And yeah. then when you go home, it's, it's the show. You do your own thing. Yeah.
1: That's cool. So were you just dropping uh, catchphrases within? The, so you were giving a yeah. catch just catch phrases, catchphrases. and A couple name drops. <laughs> nice. It'd be a lot of stuff like,
2: don't give up. Like, don't ever, don't give up, don't ever give up, or to be the man, you gotta be the man, (laughs) or just, I am the best in the world at what I do, it just, it constantly goes, and he, he he quotes Miz a lot, actually, and I, very quotable, individual. uh, we got a couple of kids, there's a couple of kids that know what's going on, in one of my classes, there's one kid who on Friday, showed up with an Austin three sixteen shirt, and I was like, "That's amazing! That kid picks up on everything he puts down." Right. Yeah, like that kid's gonna fight, figure it out, and know what he's saying.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, that's funny because uh, does he wa- does the does the uh, little kid go back and watch some of Austin stuff or not? I don't know. Does he have the network? I don't know, but they talk about what they they watch
2: now, and so then like we'll always voice our opinion about things, and since we like it for different reasons, they'll always what. AJ Styles, are you kidding me? Are you stupid? You like AJ Styles? Like, they're, you know, they're off marks. Because
0: yeah, they're... it's always funny just because, you know, our jobs that we do. Yeah. That we get that, you get the wrestling buffet. You can get yeah. a nine-year-old kid's perspective. <laughs> that's the truth. That's exactly,
2: the truth, exactly. though. Like, it's the honest god truth. But
0: like, that's what WWE's marketing for is yeah. kids. You know, back in the day, it was Attitude Era, you know, 18 or whatever.
2: Yep. Do you so, think? Go ahead, go no. ahead, Richard. I was going to say, the original question, after you asked, we got sidetracked with the the storytelling during work thing, but your original question was about the construction of a match and then, like, calling out spots and being very Yeah, specific. very
1: intriguing to me how, how these muscular, athletic guys can just make some things look so smooth out there. I mean, I guess the athleticism makes sense, but I guess it's more the choreography and timing and... What to do next and when to know when to do it is really interesting. How much
2: talking is going on that people don't really understand?
0: That you don't see? Yeah. A lot.
2: A A lot. lot. So they're communicating constantly?
0: Constantly. If you watch Mania, they'll... they'll, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not those HD mics, but you know, when you're going to AEW, most of the time you're not going to hear... If they're good and solid in the ring, you're not going to hear them. So anytime that they're near each other, they're they're you're you're the gonna talk, talk and There's
2: something to be said.
0: You're, you're duck, reverse, do this. Do how that. do you think
2: it works when a guy? This is always what I like to. Yeah, do. yeah. When a guy like Sammy Kellahan has to wrestle Pentagon Junior, who only speaks Spanish. Yeah. How how is that happening?
0: I it, I've never had was never lucky to wrestle a, you know a level of Lucha. Pentagon or Japanese wrestling or anything. So yeah, like coach. honestly, I wonder the same thing. Yeah. I've never made it to that level, but. I just got to think that those guys were in there. They're in the ring together. That it, It's it, like a chemistry thing. It, it just happens naturally. And they're just the way that they know to talk to each other and just the movements mm-hmm. that's the most that are infi- going to come. Yeah,
1: that's the most intriguing thing to me is the chemistry. Yeah. Also, what's intriguing is the fact that a lot of these people are probably very egotistical. Like you said, everyone's kind of trying to make it, but they still can lie down and take a loss. That's what's really intriguing to me. Just like how a lot of it is about yourself and trying to make it, and so, like, you need... Like, everyone kind of needs to have an ego, right? Mm-hmm. To, like, be... Like, I'm sure all the top guys have an ego. Uh, we know Hogan had an ego, right? But, mm-hmm. like, I'm sure like if you an interview to Kevin Owens. He's like, yeah, you gotta be overconfident in yourself, but then they can still go out there and lose in front of a bunch of people. I think just that aspect is really interesting, too.
2: But sometimes yeah. losing helps... Losing can bolster your... Like, Sami Zayn, like... When you lose, 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 yeah. knowing no, that, that older, in the future there's going to be a payoff, it helps build your character. I, I don't, You understand more ring and storyline psychology than I ever could, because I'll come to work with an idea, and you'll be like, mm, I can see that working, and then you tell me, like, but it'd be this, this, and this. And I'm always like, damn! How the, how the hell does
0: he know? It? We'll go back to your Sami Zayn example, and Daniel O'Brien was the same character. Bailey's the same mm-hmm. underdog character. Becky yeah,
1: yeah. Lynch, I feel like, lose is a lovable
0: loser too. You, you can only lose so much. There has to be a payoff. And even right. going back to Daniel O'Brien, the only reason they end up giving him the bell, all the thing with you know mm-hmm. Batista and whatever else, mm-hmm. so.
3: I mean, because you have uh, his name just oh uh, Wyatt. Like it took him right. forever to get the title. Yeah, he lost, lost, right? lost, he lost. Right, he lost, lost for what a year and a half, mm-hmm. more maybe, maybe even more. Yeah,
0: that's why. Yeah, Jim was like, "Oh, Wyatt's got the belt." I'm like, "Well, two years too late. Like he should have beat Cena. He should have beat Undertaker. Right. right.
3: At least, in, in my
0: you know personal opinion as a fan, that's what I.
3: Right. So right. touching on that, right. So how do you talking about? We enjoy wrestling in different ways. Like, what? what's your take on it? Like, as a fan, now that you watch the product, how often do you watch it, like, what's your intake on it? Like, we, you know, go to AEW and local shows. What about, like, like, I haven't seen you there, so, like, what's the, how does that feel, like, coming back? And, yeah, I don't really
0: want to go to... Right. If I, I've been to one AEW show only because mm-hmm. Pentagon was there, and I'm a huge okay. Pentagon mark. Same. So, yeah. that's the only reason I went to that show, but just the indie shows, really, it's just too much for me, mm-hmm. personally. Just to go there, and be like, oh... I had to grow up, and my wife's not gonna hear this podcast, is she, Charlie? That's a podcast. We promoted it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, does going to an AEW show no. kind of like hurt you in a way where you're like, No, damn, not really. Damn no, could have been. no, I always
0: joke with her all the time because right. when people ask me, you know, how come you don't wrestle anymore? I go, Well, my wife told me I had to grow up. <laughs> That's just like a joke of one, but seriously, no, it's just it's too late for me, but. AW, I would, that's the only promotion I would go to because it's solid wrestling. Yeah. Yes. Some of these other promotions, there's a lot of good guys there, but I mm-hmm. couldn't sit through a whole show because it's a lot of garbage. It's
2: bad. Mm-hmm. I went to one. I went to like. And
0: these guys are still trying to learn and no one's there to teach them. And...
2: Yeah. Like, it, I went to, whatchamacallit, the one that Billy, Billy Corgan was running for a while. Uh, Re- Resistance. Resistance, and it was. Like, you said, like, aside from your boy, Jay.
0: Yeah, that's the only reason. I went to a resistance show to I went see to a, him.
2: a resistance show and didn't know you at the time and didn't know Jake at the time and told Jake after the show that his match was amazing. Aside from Jake, I was like, man, I could have not have paid to see that and been okay. Like, what? That was a waste of my money. Is that
1: is that still active or no? No, that went under.
0: Resistance? Think, right? It is. It's active. No, it's the active. brothers still run it.
2: Corgan's out?
0: Yeah, Corgan's out. Is that out. local? Yes, they, they run running gonna, Summit.
2: They were going to oh, be summit, on a yeah. TV show. A they were making an AMC reality TV show about uh, indie wrestling promotion, and that's the one they picked. So they had cameras with them all the time, right? Because of
1: Corgan.
0: Well, because so, of Co- it was yeah, all Billy Corgan. Corgan. Yeah, yeah. So they would follow Corgan. They would pick out guys. Egotistical was one of them. Nice. Wait, and my, wait,
1: wait is that Ethan Page? Yeah, no. No, oh, Robert okay. Anthony. Robert oh, Anthony, okay. ego.
0: One of the other dudes, yeah. and then my my buddy Jake O'Neill was trying to get, you know, was working out with them too, so they would film him. But yeah, going and then back to your question, Christian, Raw and SmackDown is pretty much. There's too much to watch. Like I don't even want really right. watch NXT anymore. Two o five live, I'll watch every once in a while. Mm-hmm. That's it, pretty much talking smack.
1: It is a lot. It I almost lot.
2: enjoy talking smack more than like I'll get more than Raw sometimes. I'm like, oh man. I, cause I, I don't know. Sometimes I like the drama. I love the in-ring stuff, but yeah. talking smack is so darn good. Well, about...
1: let's let's segue into uh, what we wanted to talk about. Uh, just why we? Th- I mean, personally, I think SmackDown is just since the brand split is just destroyed. Raw in terms of just quality of the show. So, do you wanna go into that and give those reasons? And my,
2: I, I, I have a theory, and I'm probably right and wrong. Remember when you were like, "That's who they're marketing to, nine-year-olds." Are they actively keeping Raw? marketed towards the children and not knowing because of the, all of the good press NXT got and all these indie things and how awesome the Cruiserweight Classic did, did they change SmackDown to be more of the hardcore fan show and Raw is the kid's show? Because when I ask the kids at work, they say Raw's better. And then when I ask an adult, they all say, oh, SmackDown's, Smackdown's better. Right. Yeah. So are they marketing the two demographics based on the show?
0: maybe it's they got so many different shows but even now the cruiserweight classic that was like the on the Mm -hmm. network it was like a wrestling thing now it's basically they're doing wwe style but all the guys are smaller that's the only and the
1: ropes are purple
0: yeah so it's pretty much the same thing to me
1: right it's kind of got that raw taint on it now whereas like cruiserweight classic made it stand on its own cruiserweight classic had the wrestling
2: taint and now the cruiserweight division has the raw taint or
1: the WWE taint. Yeah, it's like they got that stench on it, which They're isn't just... always
2: a bad stench, but it's a specific stench.
1: Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to give reasons? Chris, why SmackDown is just. Phenomenal. Um. I, well, first
3: of all, like everybody talks about, you know, three hours versus two hours, right? And that alone, like, cause I'll have Raw, I'll have a, I'll, I'll, I'll watch Raw, but I'm not sitting down watching Raw. Like I'm working, and I have the TV in the background. Mm-hmm um and like i'll you know pay attention to a match or two and just kind of follow the storyline smackdown is easier to like all right you you could sit down for two hours if anything and and watch it and get engaged and then you're talking about talking smack it's not wrestling it's the drama Uh it's the storyline it's furthering the storyline or you know introducing you know new curves into it or whatnot so you're able to like you know enjoy that as well 205 i can't get into it like i am you know my original, you know, intro to wrestling was the Lucha Lever style, mm-hmm. you know, high-flying. Like, some of these guys, I know, Gran Metalik took forever to him to get him into the show. Finally, Seriously. he's back in. Yeah. Um, But I just, like, no, like, the Cruiserweight, I enjoy that. The Cruiserweight, you know, wrestling tournament. Stuff, yeah. Like, I enjoyed it because it was unique. It was on its own. It stood on its own. But now, like, when it gets, like, a few matches in, in the middle of Raw and then... The show after SmackDown, I don't know, it's something that loses the flow of what that standalone show should be, or could be. Um, and I just can't enjoy it as much. I don't mm-hmm. know, what are your thoughts on 205, being in the middle of Raw, and then right after SmackDown?
2: I feel, I, go ahead, Charlie.
3: I was just
1: I was just going to jump on, kind of or uh, kind of piggyback on Ace's point, where... They they was their it was their own unique thing, and Mm -hmm. they did unique things. Just like even little things like uh, shaking hands before and then raising the person. It felt like a real competition.
2: Well, well, yeah, a real fight.
1: But even that, but that's yeah, correct. Then that's what made it its own entity. Mm -hmm. But even if it wasn't that, if it was something else that made it its own entity, like that would have been great. But like you said, it just. It feels like it's been like rawized or something like that, or like now it just feels like a raw. They don't. And they're doing all the same gimmicky shit, and the matches end the same way, and like the buildup is the same way, and they do like contract signings, like that's all what raw does, and uh, I feel like it's, it's it lost its yeah. true identity. It
2: was like Martine always like to say, like the super indies. It w- it was when, when you go to an independent show, they usually you're they're bringing in talent, 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 and maybe they can formulate some sort of storyline. That flows with it, but the people are there to see two extreme talents wrestle. They don't care about the storyline; it's just a wrestling match. And at the time when the cruiserweight division, the cruiserweight classic, was on, it was like, "Dang, wrestlers versus wrestlers! This is awesome." Now that it's part of the show, they gotta add story to it. They gotta develop. They gotta try to develop these guys, which isn't bad. But it I, it would almost be cool if they treated it like the cruiserweight division was like an lightweight MMA mm-hmm. division where they're they're all struggling to be the best but everything is predicated on wrestling 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 who's the best in ring I, I don't know I can't solve that problem man you can solve that problem you'd be working for the company I don't know it lost its coolness would 205 be better or
3: can can it happen and I'll ask you uh, Martin um, if, if it was just a pure wrestling show on Thursday nights no storylines like, do you think that will catch on, or then just it's just
0: another program? It way. would just—I would think they would just put that on the network. They wouldn't be yeah. right on USA or whatever, as far as Raw and SmackDown.
2: Like it just like
0: it would think, need to be its own yeah, show, yeah, like with yeah. the Cruiserweight mm-hmm. Classic. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that's another thing like, people have debated online about. Well, it's because it's taped after or before. It, they've tried it both, and it really doesn't matter.
2: They have done it before. Yes,
0: the one time where I forgot why they were maybe because it preempted or something—but. It doesn't matter. People don't know the people and when you only give a guy three minutes to go out there and do a match.
2: His point was on you said the people don't know the people because the majority of the people spending their money to go to those shows are the children and the families and the parents. A majority of people who watched the Cruiserweight Classic were us. Mm -hmm. And so you lose and NXT, the majority of people who are spending their money to go to those NXT full sale shows are us. So the environment changes drastically. And when the environment changes, the, the construct of the show changes. If there's no fan engagement or appreciation of what's going on, then it loses that energy. And that loss of energy, I think, really harms the division. Like you said, they don't know what the people, they don't know what's going on. So what do they do? They got to give them storylines. They got to make a comedy act out of Jack Gallagher, Jack Gallagher, which isn't bad, but they got to do all these things to build relation to mm-hmm. the people so that people care. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, we don't care. We could see a
1: wrestling match, but the average person isn't us. They're putting them in the wrong environment. Is that what you're trying to say? No. putting them around the wrong crowd. You, do
0: no, that, you, that, right, that, just, that's one, just one just, of the so factors it, I think. Goes. So, and then even Triple H has said in his conference calls it's just a work in progress.
1: Yeah, like it's a development. Yeah, it's like,
0: just a work. They're still trying to figure it out. Yeah. It all comes down to Vince McMahon, whatever he wants.
1: Yeah, I know, and that's a shame. Someone asked me, I think recently, I think it was today actually. Someone asked, do you think Vince is ever gonna, or when's Vince gonna give up the reins? Like they asked me like a timeline. I was like, probably until he's like pronounce that he has like five years to live like i don't think <laughs> he'll ever give up the no. maze
2: unless he's like his health is in jeopardy
0: i don't know didn't so you write smackdown who's the head writer for smackdown oh yeah who is, is... road dog road dog it's road I, dog I and the dude that was doing nxt from yes, what i yes, read online yeah they're like the main guys on smackdown yeah so that's another factor it's a different writing team but i yeah. christian's two hours is the way to go i think mm-hmm. but they make so much money in advertising. They
3: right, like that
2: deal is not gonna go
3: away. No,
0: so we're just fans are just gonna keep bitching about it. And it's not gonna change. So.
2: No, won't because you? you won't stop watching. You're like <laughs> the people are still gonna go to the show. You're, anyway. you're gonna watch anyway.
3: You're gonna watch. I was anyway. just complaining about Raw. Yeah. And I was just telling you a few minutes ago. I'm like, oh, I think I just might go down
1: to the Allstate. You know, see tomorrow see I get a ticket tomorrow. Yeah. I think that I think when there, there's a lot of reasons I think SmackDown is killing Raw right now, but. I think that a huge factor, and it maybe it was writing, or maybe it is the two-hour show, but someone actually, someone. This is not my own idea. This is someone else's idea, but someone said that when the brand split happened, um, like obviously, like we thought, uh, uh, looking on paper, Raw had the better roster, but SmackDown, whether it was like the way they used them, the writing, or the fact that it's two hours, I felt like they created so much depth. Like they almost made their on paper roster who wasn't as great as Raw's better better they they enhanced all these people and if you put up a list of people who have benefited from and there's people on both sides that have uh, not benefited from the brand split but if you put up a list of people who have benefited from it i guarantee there would be more smackdown people on that list when elimination
2: chamber happened i was texting back and forth with my buddy and i was like no joke any six of these guys could win the belt and that feels that's how the attitude era felt like Mm -hmm. Like, you knew that, maybe not because I was a kid, I don't want to speak on it, but it was like, okay, Austin could be the champion, Angle could be the champion, Rock could be the champion, Mankind could be the champion, Triple H could be the champion, Undertaker could be the champion, Kane could be the champion. All these people were legitimate threats to always be the champion. And that Elimination Chamber match on SmackDown, literally you could have made a case that every one of those people... Yep. Could have won that match and and for some reason or another it could have worked. Right. You know what I'm saying? And they so they have six prime players. You know, like Daniel Bryan. I mean, not Dan O'Brien, like Dean Ambrose, Miz, Cena, Styles, Baron Corbin, they've built up right. to the mm-hmm. moon. And then it feels like, oh, I'd be okay if any of these people won. Whereas Raw, it's like, oh, Owens Russell's Reigns, Owens Russell's Goldberg, Owens Russell's. <laughs> somebody else and it's like there's no it's like who it's take your turn okay you had your turn now it's my turn and now it's my turn instead of like this constant we all want it
0: kind of feeling
2: yeah the raws we all want it feeling isn't there
1: am I wrong no I agree yeah I, I think that I think to your point that's I think that's a really good point and an example of that would be like the Smackdown show that we went to the last time they were at Allstate where they did the triple threat Styles, Ziggler, and Corbin Like, to me, my Mark side during that match felt like Corbin looked really good in that match. Like, they made Ziggler and Styles made Corbin look really good and, like, elevated him, too. Because throughout, like, they only did three matches that night, so throughout, like, the first seven minutes of that triple threat match, it was Corbin just beating the shit out of those two guys. So, like, they do stuff like that, and then all of a sudden that elevates Corbin into, like, a person who could potentially, like, take the Intercontinental title and then be a champion like a year in my, my like, mark mind, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm watching it and like buying it, or how about the characters. fact that
2: Dean Ambrose has their Intercontinental belt and Dean Ambrose was the champion a month ago?
1: You, you know, like that. That's... And it doesn't feel like he really lost anything, I, I guess, to me. No, I feel like he's still like doing real, I don't know, doing his thing. Whether you like, he, <laughs> nah, I go either
0: way of him, he's an interesting guy.
1: Yeah, he's better when he's chasing a title, probably. He's got. The... But yeah, like Heath Slater, I believe Heath Slater was a tag team champion. I would have never believed Heath Slater was anything before the brand split. So that's just an example of how they took a guy from the bottom and just made him a legitimate contender in in at least my mind, in people's minds. That's just my point. Like, they created depth and then made their whole roster better. And
2: so we sit here and we criticize the shows. You try and tell me Vince had nothing to do with that? Or does he? Don't I don't know. know. I don't know Vince. Yeah. Well, I, I wish I did. I know we don't know Vince but like I, I wonder how much of the show is really ch- written or differently because he claims to not have, you know, he's not the head writer whereas he writes a lot of Raw. things. Well,
0: he's not the head writer either show from the, just from priest my priest. inside sources. He's right. the, I approve of this. Yeah, show. he's the end all be all as he's far all as if I let it go or not.
2: I thought he was like still to this day like being like, "All right, well, we're going to do this with so and so on Raw. And they ride around it. So we talked about WWE, and I said,
3: and you mentioned uh, Martín that you you know, you watch, you know, WWE Monday Night Raw, SmackDown. But you had also mentioned that you were a, a Pentagon Mark. Like, do you watch Underground?
0: I did, I, not anymore. It just got to be too much for me. It was too much. As far much. as one
3: hour show was too much for you. Well, this <laughs> is the fact
0: that it was another wrestling show I wanted to watch, and we don't get it around here, so I don't right. have to go out of my way to find it. Mm-hmm. And then I just got lost mm-hmm. in the storylines that they were doing. It's too over the top sometimes. Yeah, but that season where they were pushing Pentagon mm-hmm. and he's breaking arms and the vampire thing—that was awesome. Yeah, that was, that, was, awesome. that was
1: season that one, that first right? season. Yeah, yeah, season, yeah.
0: yeah. after yeah. season two, I kind of got into. But then at midway, season two, I just stopped watching.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely a show that needs an off-season like it has because you can become desensitized to all of the fiction the and like the high fly. On, yeah. It's a lot of craziness in one hour, so you need to... like I, I wouldn't recommend binge-watching that one. I would recommend like taking a week break, even if you have access to like a whole season. Right. It's just so
2: Coming soon to, to Netflix.
1: Yeah. That's cool that like, yeah. they're putting it on Netflix. That is really well. Cool. Season one and two, I think, and then like season three is iTunes. Oh, for... uh, season three is
3: iTunes. Yeah. So... Um. And I heard they start. They'll start uh taping the next half of season three on December.
1: Oh, okay. So... They're splitting it up, right? In yeah. The halves of seasons. Mm-hmm.
0: But when it first came out, I was really high on it. And, you know, I was always watching. I tell Jim about it. And yeah. Hooked on up. Pentagon, and they got a big market or I a big money backing with you know El Rey and all that. So. They've done some shows I think like that were bought by some cell phone company or
1: but right, I'm really right. not
0: sure on that. But I just think that they're they lost me, you know. If they were easier to access, I think I would watch it.
1: For right. sure. I think that's a big Right. If we all had pop, we
3: could be watching TNA guys. <laughs> <laughs> Man. It, excuse exactly you, the... Impact. Oh Russell. impact, I'm sorry. <laughs> excuse you.
2: <laughs>
1: Who is in and I'm gonna take a second to to plug our bracket. But we're doing a parody bracket because it's March. It's March Madness, so the it's called the buffet bracket. And our gimmick here at Two Eels on the Face is everyone enjoys different things, and we embrace that. So, you vote for the promotion or the type of show that you enjoy watching more. So, uh, if you're listening, please look out for those posts on Twitter that I have to do today uh, during Fastlane it and kind of throughout the week. Uh, I would like to start it today because I'm gonna. Start hashtagging WWE Fastlane and then see a lot of people hopefully yeah. pick pick up oh, some traction that's a on that. Smart
2: move. Yeah, hey, that's, uh, that's your yeah. end
1: right there. And and trying to be thinking. trying to be a content marketer, yeah. so that's that's the plan. Um, but yes, please vote on Twitter for your favorite promotion. It's going it's going to be going throughout the whole month of March. Um, everything's in there from every type of WWE show and then a bunch of indie stuff too. New J- like a bunch of stuff in Japan. So this is your chance to show that they're is more favorable options out there other than wwe which is great that's like the greatest time is the greatest time to be a wrestling fan at least in my opinion besides the Attitude era where it was amazing uh just growing up i have that nostalgic factor but other than that but before we get into that i want to take a second to mention our loyal sponsor boda box box wine nothing goes better with endless binge watching of wrestling than an endless supply of box wine think about this deal with a Boda Box purchase, you are getting four bottles of wine for only 15 bucks. Now, that's a great deal. Pair it with a copious amount of wrestling on the WWE Network for only $9.99 a month, and you won't ever have to leave the house. You can binge in your apartment with one of the 13 flavors that Boda Box offers, share it with your friends, or basically ration it out, which is what my girlfriend does, and come home and have a glass a day. However you do it, Make sure you do it while watching the glorious drama and action of professional wrestling. Boda Box. It makes sure you ain't Boda. Thank you for listening to that brief ad. And now we're going to jump into the second part of our conversation. Uh, we talk really briefly about Fastlane and our predictions. Now, I know what you're thinking. Fastlane was about two weeks ago, maybe more by the time you hear this. But I think it's fun just to see how many we got right or wrong. And then we also talk about uh, some more interesting booking and the way that Roman Reigns is being used right now. So uh, the fast lane predictions are not a very large portion of this next part of our conversation. Um, So stick through that and you'll get to some good stuff at the end and kind of finish off the conversation with Martine uh, Acevedo, Ace Martino, Wrestling Perfection. Really quick, before we get into that, you can find us on SoundCloud, Two Heels and a Face at two heels of the face on twitter and we're also on itunes as well so thank you for all your support um you know follow us leave a review if you want subscribe all that good stuff and we'll catch you at the end of this podcast thanks
2: all right we're getting close to the start of Fastlane, lane and i know this will probably come out post Fastlane lane to the viewers or to the listeners so just because we talked uh, just for our fun sake Just because we talked about how we kind of complain about Raw's writing and I feel like it's getting so predictable or things are becoming easy to tell, whereas SmackDown, we said there's a variant to it where you feel like things could happen that you maybe do not see coming. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to try to go over the card and see if we all agree on who's going to win. And if we have a quick argument, you can state your case for why. But I want to see if we all are like all on right. the same page since we all watch every week. Sure. All right. So, um, Nia Jax versus Sasha Banks. Is there anyone who thinks Sasha wins this match?
1: No. I no. think this one is actually really hard to predict. I'm I'm gonna go Jax, but just because they do they I'm gonna say do do, but they do do 50, 50 booking in some cases, and Sasha's been losing a lot. So I think I don't know. Like I think there's like a, a slider a chance. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna yeah. do. I'm gonna say Jax. All right, the
2: and then um, Rich Swan, and Akira Tozawa versus Kendrick and Omdar Yeah, Kendrick and Dar, and that's totally Swan and Tozawa. I say faces. Yeah, faces for sure. Faces for sure. I'm, I'm, I agree. Zane and Joe. That we don't even need to. No one even talk. That's Joe. Right.
3: Some Joe. Joe wins. Yeah. That's
0: your workhorse match. That's, yeah. Yep. Yeah. It, it, ideally, even booking Joe, awesome. I think, but. They can't squash Sami Zayn and Rollins hurt. This is your. They're gonna go twenty minutes. They're gonna. It's gonna be a great match. Okay. No doubt about it. But cool. Joe wins. Yeah.
2: I agree. I Joe wins. Uh, club versus Enzo and Cass. Club, club, club. club. Enzo and Cass win at I Mania. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Agreed. Um, Reigns and Strowman. This is the only one where you can oh. say. I say they should let sh- Braun Strowman should win this match, but Roman Reigns will win. What about DQ or
1: like a Undertaker? Undertaker.
2: I. With the exception of, let's say it stays clean, no DQs, no outside anything. Who wins it? Yeah, if they were to book a winner between Roman Reigns and Strowman. 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 I, well, that's the first one I disagree with. I think Strowman, is in the writing, should win this match. But would it surprise me at all if Roman Reigns wins this match? Before he faces Undertaker at WrestleMania. How's he going to lose to Strowman and then say he can beat the Undertaker? No, mm-hmm. Roman's win a good point yeah you can't right. lose the stroman then... but i
1: i think stromans hit that untouchable level almost. More something than there's a high
2: percentage chance that something tom foolery goes you on. know
1: first off i just want to say and this is not like a fascinating prediction but i've been noticing how they've been using reigns it's almost like they know he's a heat magnet or that well, i mean they know he's a heat magnet but they're like admitting to it and they're and they're using him to help other people get over like he was the last guy randy orton eliminated did he have to yeah. be he didn't have to be right He's the last guy, Randy Orton, eliminated. The Survivor Series match, he was the guy who was pinned by Bray. And that gave Bray, like, a ton of momentum, which has now paid off. And then there was one other thing that I can't remember. I feel like they're using Reigns as that, although he's their golden boy, like...
0: He's giving the rub to these other guys, because you got the big pop, because... From or- Orton, Roman, and the Rumble, and then we said the Wyatts win in the Survivor Series. They were able to get that bigger pop because everybody it's hates Ro- Roman exactly. Reigns. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah, so they're popping Anybody They're right. popping the IWC of the hardcore fans. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say here. But I just wanted to point that out. No, that's if a good, point. You know, I that's a good that that. point. I agree with that. That's yeah. a good point. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, continue. Sorry. Um, then Neville versus Gallagher. Neville. Neville. Neville has to keep it, right? He's got to keep it until WrestleMania. Has to. Mm-hmm. Um... And then Bailey versus Charlotte, and this is the easiest. Charlotte. Charlotte. No. And, then, no, it's, and then Bailey, no, it's will, break her streak. Bailey will break her streak at WrestleMania, <laughs> you'd like to think. But Charlotte's, there's no chance Charlotte loses this. And then Owens versus Goldberg.
1: Gold, it's
0: Goldberg. It's and I'll mark out. You'll mark
1: out, and I'll be so mad. Wait, I got a question for you, interesting one. Over under two minutes, the match lasts Owens Goldberg. Under.
2: If he beats Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar was kayfabe the strongest wrestler in recent memory, and he beat him in two minutes. So therefore, kayfabe Bill Goldberg is the strongest wrestler in <laughs> history right now, and there's no way that Owens last one. If, there, so, so if he don't... destroys Brock Lesnar in two minutes, you tell me he can't. He's not gonna destroy unless Chris Jericho does something or some right. Tom Foolery happens.
1: It should be a murder show, right? Yeah. It should like like it should be, but. But you, but, but Owens
3: plays that like I'm smarter than you type right. character. Yeah, yeah. So, I feel he's going to, like, he'll put up somewhat of a fight. And I think he's going to go over two minutes. Okay. That, okay. that was a question. Like, like run around the minutes.
1: ring. Like, Brock's, the Brock's thing was he underestimated Bill. Right? Yeah. That was and the then Brock it ended. Game. In, like, was it, like,
0: and, or like, wasn't it really 26 Well, even in Owens' promo, he even talked about how short his <laughs> matches are. So, yeah. you, I could see him going outside the ring. And, and that's what Owens does to like get people excited. He goes, yeah. he goes, old school Larry Sabisco. He goes, <laughs> I'm just wasting time and doing things. Wow. To entertain yeah. people. I like that so drop. Old school
2: Larry Sabisco. But we all think Bill wins. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I think so too, but I, I hope not. I really hope not, but yeah. Your face is red.
0: <laughs> I know. I know so, like, Jim is so, getting man.
1: very frustrated. This concludes the first part of our conversation with Ace Martino Wrestling Perfection. There is a small, brief second part, which you can find on the next episode, and we also get an update on Jim's Road to WrestleMania. I hope you enjoyed what you listened to. Thanks for listening. And if you want more, check out our other recordings on SoundCloud or check us out on iTunes and like, share, and subscribe. We'll talk to you later. Bye.